situation. Gross. Hey guys, uh, sorry for this uh, awkward cutting right now, but unfortunately uh, our guest Brian had to go. Uh, and it's a bummer because we were really looking forward to having him yeah. for the rest of the show, and I don't know where we can get another guest. Wait, is that is that someone at the door? Just door? Let me let me go get that. Hey guys, how are you doing? Oh, it's our good friend Monsieur. Monsieur. <laughs> Wow! What a yeah, I was in the neighborhood, and I, you know, I just need to use the bathroom real quickly because I have some Bergen bagels. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Well, thank, thank you are for you guys recording another podcast. Yes, we're doing another can podcast. Can I be on it? Of course you All can. Right. <laughs> Making history for using the bathroom yes. and then recording the podcast. That's, <laughs> that's a pretty quick bathroom break I just took there. <laughs> but thanks for joining us, Mister. All right. On a late notice here. Yeah, great yeah. timing. Yeah, I know. And, uh, I know. Just walk in and right when you started recording. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, so we're going to continue with uh, this podcast right now. We're going to recap the games, as we mentioned on the top of the podcast, the Hawks Nets, Pistons Nets, and then uh, talk a little uh, NBA banter. So uh, let's get off the top, uh, the Hawks Nets. This this game, Sunday night, it was, uh, it was, a, it was like a four-day four rest, five-day rest? Yeah. And uh, this game had huge implications for the playoff seedings. If uh, if the Nets were able to win, they would have won the tiebreaker over the Hawks. Yeah. And also, if we had that win, we would have uh, tied the Knicks for the uh, division leader. Yeah, yeah. And we had the tiebreaker on them as yeah. well. So, But guess what happened? That did not happen. We did not win the game. And the final score of that game was 105, Atlanta, uh, Brooklyn, 93. Uh, right in home, and we were actually at this game as well. We were lucky to be in attendance. Well, not so lucky to be in attendance, I guess. No, no, we were we were actually the closest we we'd been since the Denver Nuggets game earlier this year. Yeah. We had some uh, all access tickets. Uh, we were in the lower levels, and we were just ready to talk about this game in excitement. Yeah. But the Nets uh, unfortunately blew the fourth quarter. Uh, they were outscored thirty-four to twenty. Uh, you have any notes on this game, Justin? Yeah, no. I mean the biggest. Uh, I think it was just the fourth quarter. I mean, the Nets were kind of neck and neck with the Hawks. We, we were kept with them, but once the fourth quarter hit, um, the Hawks pretty much just took it to another level. Yeah. Um, Al Horford just completely dominated the fourth quarter. Uh, he ended up having 22 points, 11 boards, and yeah, just heartbreaking loss. But it was a, it was a big game for us, and that last game uh, before going on that big circus road trip. So I felt like it was a, you know, it was a it was it's a letdown game. Yeah, easy letdown letdown game. Um, what do you think of the Hawks, Mansoor, um, and what they've been doing this year? You know, I think um, they they sort of proved that you can actually win. You can actually win with a bunch of uh, one year play- <laughs> players on one year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just Dallas is bad luck that they couldn't do it, but the Hawks actually are doing it with a bunch of guys who will be free just next year. Yeah. So it's. Um, but I don't know. I mean, they're they're, they're a good team. Um, they're dangerous. Um, they play great D. I, mean, I think Brooklyn was probably just looking ahead to their road schedule. Yeah, and they probably weren't totally there. That's my, yeah, that's my I mean, take on that. One of the one of the biggest things, Reggie Evans just had a monster game, career game for what Reggie Evans ended up about fourteen points, uh, twenty two boards. A lot more Reggie chance again. So <laughs> Reggie, twenty out of fourteen points. <laughs> I mean, that's more outstanding than the twenty two rebounds. I think so. Fourteen <laughs> points. Hit, hit, hit a few uh, like short hook shots, hit some reverse layups. Reggie's, uh, yeah. He's uh, getting that offensive game going. I don't know if it's that uh, that talk of Blotch and Lopez, that combo four or five. He was worried he's going to get uh, kicked out the starting lineup. Seems like he's kicked it up another notch. Reggie, now. Reggie's stepping it up on the Austin offensive end so he can uh, take out Blatch's minutes. 
Um, but I think the biggest downfall was uh, in the fourth quarter, Josh Smith just destroyed us in like the last four or five possessions. They were doing a four or five switch with uh, Hofford and setting the pick, and then Brooke Lopez would have to guard Josh Smith, which is not fair. <laughs> so uh, a guy like Josh Smith is talent that can you know dribble the ball, pass the ball. He had five assists that game, uh, 21.7 rebounds, and play defense as well. It's just – he, he is a stud. Like we've said in the previous podcast, you know, I, I would be, I'm sure most Nets fans would be excited about him potentially ever joining the Nets, uh, but that's just I, I mean, I might disagree with you on that just because, like, that's just the Atlanta Hawks East, you know? Like, they their ceiling was second round. Mm-hmm. You got, I mean, is Darren Williams that good to, like, elevate Josh Smith and uh, Joe, Johnson. Joe Johnson? Joe yeah. Johnson. Yeah. I mean, I like Brooke Lowe, but, you know, <laughs> he's got more potential than, like, Joe right. Johnson. And, right. Josh Smith, so Josh Smith likes the ball in his hand a lot, and especially in the fourth quarter, he likes taking the shots. He likes turning over the ball too. But, um, <laughs> but, but yeah, the, the final score of that game was one hundred five ninety three. Um, it's an unfortunate letdown game that could have been, like Justin mentioned, the tying game against for the Atlantic Division, and they, it just didn't happen. But yeah. well, I mean, one more game note there: Reggie Evans, after having that monster game, career game for him, um, actually got set uh, set for the mo- mo- excuse me. The Majority of the fourth quarter, for whatever reason, PJ Carlissimo uh, didn't feel confident with Reggie out there. Right. Um, so there's a lot of yeah, there's some grumblings after the game. You know, why didn't Reggie go back in? He did end up going back in, but I want to say he sat for I, I believe seven or eight minutes in that fourth quarter. So, and that's it was during that that stretch that the the Hawks uh, ended up taking that lead and um, you know ultimately ended up winning the game. So, yeah. and um. And the players, the biggest thing I took away from the game at the end of the game is when they were talking to them afterwards, and the players said the right things, you know. Yeah, we just didn't play. We didn't show up. We And then uh, Jerry Wall said we didn't, you know, we played like we didn't give a F, you know. They just, they they acknowledged that. And I think they took that really personal to, you know, that no one stepped up the way they should have. And uh, they came together as a team um, for the following night. So, um so uh, let's recap the Nets Pistons game, um, and I don't know if this was really a game to, to, <laughs> because yeah, no. this is the biggest output score I think scoring wise and just uh, lead wise um, that the Nets have had all year round. Yeah, one of the most dominant games of the season by far, um, from start to finish. The Nets just completely just tore apart the Pistons. Yeah, um, you know, right from the right from the opening tip, it was. It wasn't really a ball game. No, no, it wasn't. The final score of that game was 119-82, uh, Brooklyn visiting in Detroit. And um, Nets led as much as 43 points. Uh, this is their first road, road game on uh, their circus trip. Yeah, it's a great way to start the uh, this eight-game trip. Yeah. And one of the quotes that from Brooke Lopez after the game, this was great. I mean, <laughs> pretty much sums it up. <laughs> um, the high scores for that game uh, – in terms of uh, what we had, Darren Williams, yeah, absolutely monster, scorching that game, thirty-one points in just three quarters, ten for eighteen, and four for eight from beyond the arc. So still shooting that three ball really well. It was one of those games where, like, whenever Darren Williams shot the ball, I was like, "Oh, that's going in. That's definitely going in," <laughs> <laughs> because it, it, you saw the confidence he's playing yeah. in, and. I don't know what it has to do with those camouflage shoes he's wearing. <laughs> because he, he's wearing some uh, St. Paddy's Day bright uh, green shoes for the Sunday game against the Hawks. And, and I think he, he ended up switching those switched shoes. them to the camouflage. Yeah. Didn't help the win, but maybe it helped his confidence. And uh, he's been tearing it up with these camouflage shoes. I, I, I guess uh, it's good. Uh, 
it's good technique to wear camouflage when you're playing basketball. So, you don't see the cat see you. It's like the Chris Paul commercial, right? When he disappears, see the right. pride. Yeah. Right, right. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, Jose Calderon definitely couldn't uh, couldn't see Daryl Williams because no. he was just Daryl Williams was absolutely just running circles around him. Yeah, and you know why? Also, Jose Calderon couldn't see. He got sick from. Watching him spin around, he, he went out of the game with blue-like symptoms. So, so I mean, poor Pistons. I mean, they they were already out with one of the star players, Brandon Knight, and their future Andre Drummond, go Huskies. Um, and and uh, they are just playing shorthanded. You know, uh, Jose Calderon, their newly acquired point guard from the Raptors, is supposed to be their you know point guard or leadership role. And he wasn't there, and they just didn't have anything yeah, going. He's an expiring contract, though. I think you know they're like waiting for next year. They got right. their, they got the big cap coming in, and we'll see what uh, Joe Dumars does. With they going to sign another Ben Gordon again? No, or, or <laughs> Charlie going to Weber. Charlie Bean's coming back again. Go Huskies! <laughs> Go Huskies! Hey, whatever man. gets him paid, man. Good, good, good for the Huskies. He, you know, when they asked uh, Villanueva what he's going to do with the. Uh, they're like, what are you going to take a player option? He was like, I like money. <laughs> so what do you think I'm going to do? <laughs> um, so one of the notes I have for this game is uh, MT3. There was a cheer for Mirza in this game. There's a Bosnian fan Bosnian base fan club. In, oh. in Detroit. There's, oh, wow. a, there's a large section in the lower level, and they were saying, Mirza, Mirza. And you could hear it because there's no Pistons fans at this game at all. <laughs> so so even Brian Rucco on, on Yes was acknowledging the, the chant, and uh, Mirza played pretty well. He, he, had, he didn't miss a shot. No. Four for four from the field. Yeah. Is why Evan stayed on the bench? In a three. Oh, no, sorry. My bad. I'm, I'm confusing the game now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I tell you, what, the biggest storyline in that game, though, stack is... Back. Stack is back, back man. Back First play. game since uh, middle January he played, and uh, I think he had his feelers on. He was ready to play. <laughs> <laughs> he had to throw back down because he was just balling out. Yeah. I mean, everything was falling for him. He went five or six from the field, had the circus layup. The circus shot to start the circus trip. Yeah, it was it was ridiculous. Yeah, appropriate, appropriate for the trip. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, I could not believe that Jerry Stackhouse would be, you know, back, and not just back, but efficient. You know, uh, extremely because he he was in Avery Johnson's rotation before uh, he got let go. Um, he was just a corner three guy, like kind of like the Keith Bogans that um, we're used to right now. But he was posting up. Yeah. He was driving not to one the not one three that game. Those were all inside shots, yeah. and he was just yeah, dominant game for Jerry Stackhouse. And I, t- I this is definitely promising down the stretch because I mean, as a veteran, he's going to be huge for us. You know, going into the playoffs to have that experience and leadership and to have him producing like this down the stretch. Right. Yeah, this is definitely this is definitely a positive for the Nets as a whole. Yeah. Um, what, one other takeaway, too. Um, Marshawn Brooks showing some defense this game. He had two blocks in the second. One monster block. Boarded a shot in the, uh, in the uh, second the quarter. Sent out of bounds uh, behind the corner three, I think, yeah. too. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Marshawn Brooks, known for maybe, you know, definitely known for his offense, but, you know, not so much the defensive end, but really showing some, you know, defensive production this game as well. So, good for him. Well, the guy has a high vertical, and he has a 7-1 wingspan. So, if you have physical attributes like that, and you can help on the weak side to play, you know, put some blocks down, yes, that's that's some stuff we need from Marshawn Brooks. Because that will just put him in the game, you know, in terms of, being able to score off the bench, but also just helping out with defense. He had a plus 22 uh, for the night, so 
That's really good for him. He, I think he, he was one that had that four-point play, too. Right. He's, yeah, he's tearing it up. So this is great to see this, um, him producing. Just wish he could, his minutes maybe a little more consistent. want to say against the Hawks, didn't really play much, didn't really get a lot of burn. Well, this actually is a note um, that before the game, uh, two of our favorite Nets, Toko Shangela and uh, Tayshawn Taylor, uh, got sent down to our favorite NBDL team, Springfield Armor. Um, so that means there's two players. It looks like they're going to stay there for about six games. And that's tough on the circuit trip, and especially you have a blowout win against the Pistons. I mean, you figure you don't want the starters in the game, but when you have a roster, I mean, Hump's still not playing. Keith Bogans was out with an injury. Mm-hmm. Very short roster, so the starters have to stay in there for longer than maybe we would want them to. Um, but this you know, game, they didn't have to. They, yeah. they didn't have to play the whole fourth quarter, which is good, you know? Right. So, I mean, because of the outcome, because of the outcome, that's that's the way it happened. But, yeah, our depth is something we, we – question in terms of who's going to play the most you know consistent amount of minutes and if uh, Mears is coming in for one game six minutes and he's coming in for 23 the other you know how's he ever going to get his you know I think that's a big problem with PJ like his rotations have been completely inconsistent like it seems like at this point he needs seems like at this point he needs to like lock down some you know, consistency right you got you know you're, the reports coming out that Chris Humphrey is back in the lineup but he isn't then you know I mean <laughs> I'm not sure. I mean, I think at this point you just got to, like, suck it up. Right. right. Like, Paul D'Antoni, you got injuries, still play seven players only. <laughs> yeah, he has that eight-man rotation or seven-man rotation. Seven-man rotation, yeah, even man. with Kobe Bryant out. He's uh, not putting anybody else in besides. But So, so I don't know. I mean, I feel that's uh, I, I, that's what, that's what what been my sort of, like, take. It like, right. you don't – you're seeing this sort of inconsistent rotation and that, like, you know, what's – in the playoff, that can't happen. You, know? right, you need right. to like lock it in. You know, yeah. PJ has kind of made that made the point that he's trying to find that rotation that works. And clearly, we're still searching because yeah. from night to night. I mean, also it's the matchups. You know, if it's a bigger if it's a bigger unit we're playing against versus a smaller, quicker unit, right. um, that's going to affect the rotations that we want in the game. Right. But at the same time, yeah, like inconsistencies as far as like Marshawn Brooks, for example, getting twenty five minutes this game. The game before, I got I want to say single digits, like right. three four minutes. Right. And it's really tough on those players. I think the only one that's really benefiting it uh, and getting the most minutes is Andre and CJ because one the primary backup point guard and the primary center those are crucial positions to come into the game and rest to Duran and uh, Brooke Lopez. So um, I think the only high person um, for the Pistons was Greg Monroe, uh, Georgetown alum, which I have going far in my Final Four. So <laughs> go go Hoyas. Um, but yeah, I mean this game was just a blowout from the get go, and yeah. you know I'm, I'm happy that the Nets were able to put a stamp on a very important you know, statement win, really, right there. Right. So. And, and the only real worrying thing that was taken from this game, Joe Wallace, um, two points, and alley in the first. Other than that, I mean, still in this layup slump. Mm. He's, he's missed so many layups. He can't hit a, he can't buy a bucket. Right. He hasn't made a three point in the last seven games. He's over thirteen. Right. From three since March second. Um, and his regular field goal percentage for the season now, under 40%. Right. So he's not producing. He's struggling. Yeah, Joe Walsh does a lot of the intangibles. The stuff the that doesn't show up on the stat sheet. Doesn't show up sheet. the stat sheet. But at the same time, I mean, he's just struggling offensively right now. And I wouldn't be surprised if, like, after the end of the season, you find out that he's been injured this whole time. Right. He's been playing through something. Well, I mean, they, had, they don't want to disclose, you know? He throws right. his body. I mean, he throws yeah. his body out there every single night. And you'll say he's on the floor. So, right. I mean, I who mean, knows? Yeah, he, gets so. his, he gets banged up. And I mean, yeah, so, that, I mean, this layup flow. I mean, sort of he's been declining since the All-Star break. But, like, a little bit before that, you saw, like, the you could just track his field goal percentage going down from, like, you know, mid forties down right. to like under thirty, and then right. uh, so I mean, I mean that's what my I mean I would say that 
yeah, when the season's over, so there's going to be something where he's got a strained shoulder or a strained elbow or, like, something on his, his layups. Like, you got to learn. There's got to be an injury, right, that, that he can't get high enough or uh, – It could just be the injury called age. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, he's getting up there, so um, – doesn't bode well for our four-year, four $40 million contract. No, 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 no. You know, luckily we have a owner that has deep pockets, so it's not really – that big of a problem right now, but we'll see how it, our, 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 our financial down. flexibility, yes, it does hamper that. Um, but yeah, that was the final score of that game. Um, we just crushed them 119 to 82. Um, we have, uh, I have one note that uh, the Nets actually made a, a move, and it wasn't anything to do with their players, but it was having to do with a Twitter account. Uh, the Nets PR uh, account. Which sad, is, sad day. Which is one of my favorite accounts yeah. to follow. Um, uh, the Nets public relations Twitter account is uh, basically a joke behind jokes in terms of some of the tweets they have. Um, I'm just going to read you a couple examples. Um, the Nets, on, on February 20th, uh, February 13th, um, they had Nets are now 32-0 and when outscoring their opponents. Uh, <laughs> uh, another one is, uh, this, that's the 11th time Reggie Evans has lost his headband this season. Career high. Uh, the Nets are undefeated after Brooke Lopez gets a haircut. So basically... You understand how uh, this is different from most other teams. Uh, there's a lot of articles about this around the NBA and in general um, that this uh, this Twitter feed was very popular uh, because you know it's just different from the normal sports uh, reporting or tweeting that you would have. Uh, what do you guys think of the the poor loss that we have uh, by losing this PR department. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm disappointed. I mean, it's a, it was a different kind of flavor, you know, for the Nets, and it, it, it was fun, you know, it was fun, it was neat to have, like, a, um, you know, like, a different aspect, you know, coming from the Nets, and for them to want to go in a different direction. I guess my understanding is that person that was doing, that was in charge of that account still has their own Twitter. Yeah, Calder Hines, yes. So if you still want to follow them, still get it's those. at C-A-L-D-E-R underscore H. Do you still have a job? Uh, <laughs> he still has. He may a, not want to be tweeting about the Nets if he doesn't have a job he, anymore. He did. He did tweet about the Nets. So, and I, you know, I think uh, I think everyone still wishes him the best uh, in terms of the content that he's putting out. So, you know, maybe he'll land on his feet, uh, whichever Twitter uh, followers that he has. Maybe he'll get that back, you know, from the PR department. But, um, but yeah, that was a, that was a big loss in, in my eyes. I was kind of upset about that. Um, but I think that's all the Nets talk. We wanted to get into some NBA banter. Um, and lo and behold, uh, the streak is still alive for those Miami Heats. Man, squeaked one out yesterday, last night against the Celtics. Yeah, game winner by LeBron. Uh, won another another nomination for Dunk of the Year when he just decided to put uh, that little leprechaun in, on the floor. Got named, Brand- named Justin Jason Terry. Jason got Brandon knighted. Oh man! <laughs> um, so Jeff Van Gundy, former uh, Knicks coach and um, ESPN analyst, uh, came out with uh, a topic of discussion about the Heat going for the 33 game winning streak versus winning a championship. He said that the 33 game winning streak is more significant than a championship. Only if they win the championship, not not if they don't. If they don't win a championship, you know. It's going to be meaningless. Right. I agree completely. Yeah, looking back, if, if the season, if the NBA Finals, end, I mean, they end up not being the champions at the end of the day, people are going to look back and say, the Heat screwed up. They shouldn't have focused all of their energy on this streak. They should have rested their players, you know, kept them out and focused on that championship. Because at the end of the day, 
what's more meaningful in what makes money and what what builds you know um, an organization and franchise is NBA it's NBA championships right. and NBA rings. Right. That's what everyone remembers for the whole year. Right. Um, I uh, think I think I mean I think he has a point though um, because uh, every year. I mean, not to discredit uh, NBA champions, but every year there's a champion. And if you're talking about, like, you know, the 96 Bulls, for example, right. you know, that's a team that was one of the best teams of all time. If the Heat are doing what they're doing and they get this 33-game winning streak, they'll be in the conversation of those. Oh, yeah, yeah, no doubt. I mean, if they win the championship and have the streak, then they'll be in the conversation of greatest of all time. Right. Um, they're certainly not going to win seventy-two games this year. No, so that's that's yeah. not a uh, that's not you know that's out of play. So I mean, I, I but you know I watched the game yesterday, and you could tell that they wanted to win. They they have history in mind. The yeah. team right. is locked in. They were down by seventeen in the third. I think they were down by thirteen at the beginning of the fourth, um, or something like that. Yeah. So in those, yeah. in yeah. those numbers, um, they were definitely down by seventeen at some point. Right. Um, and they fought back, and they like they didn't give up. And you know, normally on a you know a regular season game like that last year, or I mean, any champion from the last like decade, they would have just like um, folded it. You know, they would be like, "Yeah, we're down 17. We're going to take a rest for today." You know, right. we're going to fight back. Right. I mean, you remember Phil Jackson in those those um, the two thousand um, t- like two thousand two thousand three teams. They had they had a night. Twenty game win streak, nineteen game win streak, and he with the uh, Lakers. Right? Lakers, yeah, 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 and the Lakers, uh, they he purposely lost the game to to avoid um, having any more discussion about the streak. Yeah, um, so it was like there's a distraction. So yeah. I mean, so what do you think? Like uh, in terms of, I mean, I think they're just finding this unbelievable motivation by the streak, and um, also LeBron and you know the Heat two years before the first year they got you know rained on by the media by everyone in the NBA just you know you guys will never win a championship that happened last year and then then even this year people still say even our own Reggie Evans says oh they won a championship in a lockout year you know I mean so is it all the talk around the NBA that's making them so driven or is it just all this all, all them just playing really well together you know I mean I mean I think LeBron has like shaking that monkey, he's playing like transcendent basketball. Like I hate him still, but that's like you know, I hated him when he was in Cleveland. So right. Like, <laughs> right, the decision has nothing to do with my. I mean, but this is sports hate. You just I don't, don't like his headband. I don't. I don't <laughs> like his headband. I mean, yeah. Um, no, it's wet off his shoulders now. I mean, sports hate. I hated Jordan too, but like that's right. you know. But you know, I'll respect him and probably you know enjoy watching highlights when I'm when he's retired. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. But um. You know, I think that he's playing a kind of, like, basketball that we haven't seen. Um, I I mean, this is the same... We it, it, it remains to be seen whether LeBron could put together a kind of Jordan-type, like, campaign for six straight seasons. Um, especially in this sort of salary cap uh, environment right. uh, that's coming up. Um, who, I mean, so... I mean, he couldn't do it with just him and, like other people, you know, right. he made Mo Williams an all-star, but he didn't win a championship, right. which is, you know, like, to, to think about it, to, to think about the kind Probably of talent the best that Cleveland Mo Williams ever got. Yeah, <laughs> so it makes sense, right. but right. can you keep, like, a Chris Bosh and a Dwayne Wade and, and around LeBron? Right. That's the question that, you know, or, or will people care in, like, 20 years whether 
the, there was such a big difference between him and right. Jordan. Right. But you know, I think they they're playing incredible. I still think they can be beaten, but it's just like I don't know who's going to be able to do it. Right. right. I think there's a weight, definitely weight off his shoulder. After last year, winning the title, he's definitely playing like a different player. Um, but just to point out too, I mean, last night against the Celtics. For once, yes, they wanted they wanted to go and you know continue the string, continue this record. But there's some bad blood between, between those two teams. They have some serious history, uh, back and forth. Even LeBron before he was in the Heat, um, you know they had some they had some pretty serious you know back and forth. Him and Pierce when he was in the Cavs. Um, so LeBron definitely won that game, not just for the streak, but just for bragging bragging rights. I mean, um, the Heat have yet. This is the, that was the first time last night that the Heat had actually gotten a win in Boston. They were 0 and 5 before last night. Yeah. Yeah, in they, the garden, they so dated back to the, uh, the well, they're zero and eight, zero and eight before even LeBron got there. If you count, yeah, way well, with, yes, with the yeah with LeBron, with LeBron, yeah. Right. So um, that in itself, I mean, the, the Heat were also you know had that had that in the back of their minds too. So on top of this streak, um, they just they just wanted to beat the Celtics. I mean, right. those two teams, yeah, they have they have a history. They're pull out of those players. I mean, they're, they're kind of getting also you know let's not forget the Miami's got a ton of breaks. I mean, Garnett was out yesterday. Granger's gone. Carmelo's out. You know, the Knicks are just like a bunch of the zombies at yeah. this point. Yeah. <laughs> the Walking Dead. Yeah, well, <laughs> the, East, the East in general, it's just yeah. there's not, I mean, between it's, injuries, it's just not as strong in the West yeah, as right. the West, just, in, I mean, overall. Right. Um, so the East, I mean, a lot of people are arguing that the Heat just, you know, are going to just, you know, cakewalk to the NBA Finals. Yeah. And there's not really many teams that are going to be in their way. Celtics may be one of those teams that could potentially... Well, the Pacers, if Daniel Granger comes back... Pacers have size. They yeah. have a lot of size. And, and so. they slow it down, and they yeah. play like... They can match the Heat with on defensive intensity. They have yeah. two intangibles that weren't as present last year, Paul George and Lance Stevenson. Yeah. And, you so. know, so... We'll see. Um, but, yeah, I mean, uh, it'll be exciting to watch during the playoffs. Uh, excited hopefully. to hate. Uh, excited, <laughs> excited to hate the Heat again. Um, but, you know, hopefully the Nets can get a 2-3 and avoid... I'm not saying anything, but if they if they get into the second round as a four or five, they would have yeah. to play the Heat. No, I, think that, I think that's very so. important. We want to. We want to. I mean, obviously, we've struggled against the Heat this year. A lot of blowout victories that the Heat had against us. And so. that goes to that PJ interview. Uh, PJ said, you know, on a recent interview with Ryan Rucco and Stephen A. Smith, uh, that he, even though the Nets have played poorly against the Heat, he does believe that he are a beatable team. Um, and you know, that's that's the confidence of the coach talking about his yeah, team. Right. So. And I, you know, I think uh, we haven't seen the Nets at full strength yet this season. You know, I think the last game was the first time we saw them. And the way so. that Darren's been playing and stepping it up, especially the second half of the season. Um, I mean, he obviously wasn't playing like that at that level when we played when we saw the Heat during any of the regular season matchups this season. So right. um, if he's playing that level and we end up, you know, facing them, you know, I think we do definitely stand a chance. But it is a seven game series, um, so you know, it, it, it's drawn out. It's not like it's a five game series anymore either no. in this first round. So. Um, it's yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be tough to the finish. We'll see how our coach can make adjustments. That's all the playoffs are I mean, about. You, adjustments. I mean, but you guys got a shot right now. Yeah. The Knicks, the Knicks are reeling. Yeah, yeah. So the Heat better. I mean, the the Nets need to like. This is the moment they can capture the division and they can get that three seed. You know. Yep. So upcoming, we have uh, the Mavericks tomorrow night. It's a nationally televised game on ESPN at eight p.m. Uh, Saturday night, ten thirty, against the Clippers. That's that's going to be a tough one as well. And then at Phoenix, who recently beat your Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, sorry to dig that in there, but, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's true. So, yeah, no, it's true. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll see how that goes. I'm sure we'll get a podcast for the weekend uh, covering those games for you guys. And, uh, 
uh, I think that's you know pretty much all we got for tonight. Um, you got anything else, Justin? No, that's pretty much it. I'm excited to uh, you know see, see how they take this uh, this last uh, road stretch here. Right, right. So it's just the beginning of the trip. You got uh, seven more games on this. Yeah, the good thing, I mean, after Dallas on Wednesday, they do get a couple day breaks, so get some rest before they have to face the Clippers. Yeah. Lob City in, uh, in L.A. So. Oh, man, they're going to be ready because we beat the Clippers in a close one in Brooklyn. Yeah, they're, so. gonna, they're definitely going to want some payback, so and, they're going to be ready to play for sure. Right. And CP3 went to go visit uh, Little Wayne in the hospital, so I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure he got some... It's, maybe Little Wayne will... Wayne sh- Little Wayne will... that scissor up with, uh, <laughs> with CP3. Little Wayne might, might attend, you know, the Battle of the Jay-Z of the Brooklyn Nets, you know, maybe. Maybe honorary fans, so who knows. But, uh, yeah, um, so for uh, Justin and Mansoor, uh, good night from Prospect Heights, and goodbye. Be down. Rebound, 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 rebound.